Warning, this episode contains topics and themes that may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion advised. Hey everyone and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name's Elijah Merle. I'm so honored and blessed you took out the time to join us again today. Listen, hey, you made it. It's a new year. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. It's 2021. Here we go, man. Listen, we had a crazy year in 2020. We had a lot of loss. We've had a lot of laughs. We've had some joy. We've had some pain. But I tell you, one thing is constant. God is faithful. You know, we may not feel favored, but we know that God is faithful even in those seasons. And I'm so honored and blessed that you guys have gone on this journey and this ride with us through this thick and thin, through racial tension, through the Rona, uh, anti-Rona, whatever they were calling it, man, the vid. You know, we, we went through all these different things, but here we are. We're still here, but by the grace of God, shout out to Dorinda Clark Cole. Now, listen to me, guys. You already see the title of the podcast. First of all, let me say this. What an amazing series we had with Chris Jacobs on the manifestations of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit. I was told like, man, this is pretty long. You went really long on some things. I said, listen, man, the meat of the word, man, you have to take time. You have to take time to digest it and get it in, man. And like I said, we only scratched the surface. There's so much more to be uncovered. But I want to shout out that series that we just got done doing our first ever series for the Greater Than Podcast. What an exciting accomplishment for for the podcast, man. And listen, it only gets better from here. 2021, we're going to have some cool guests. We're going to have some cool moments. Some really good things are in store. So strap in. We're going to have us a fun ride. Now, listen, you see the title. Can a non-Christian go to heaven? That's the question. Can a non-Christian go to heaven? Hey, don't forget, uh, by the way, we've got a giveaway going with the Chick-fil-A gift card. I'm giving you till uh i'm giving you till february all right so right when february hits let's say like this the the end of january when february hits that's it some one person has received and will receive their chick-fil-a gift card who has done that who left a review this is the four things you do number one you leave a review on apple Podcasts, leave a rating screenshot that bad boy and then you email it to us at info at merrillministries.com for a chance to win a 25 dollar gift card one person did it uh, when we originally announced it with the podcast with Jeremy Pearson. So she has got her $25 Chick-fil-A gift card coming to her. And I'm sure she's enjoying it by the time you hear this podcast. But um, if you want to get in on this, that's what you do. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Screenshot that and send it to us at info at MerleMinistries.com. Listen, can a non-Christian go to heaven. Let's pray and let's dig right on in. Father God, thank you so much that we made it through this year. You said in your word that you crowned the year with your goodness and in your path, there's fatness, abundance. It drips with the fatness and abundance. Father, we thank you for that. Father, we say that in this year, we won't go back. We will look ahead. We forget the things that are behind and we press forward to the prize of the calling, the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for that prize and that we're able to reach forward and that we're able to go ahead and grow in you. Father, we ask you speak through us today as the very oracles of God, that which would invoke a change that would challenge us and grow us in our relationship with you. We give you praise for all the good things that'll be done and wrought in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Amen. Listen, 
we're going to dig in. Listen, I got so many verses that I got to go to. I got so many things I'm going to hit us up with. We're going to dig right on in. Here we go. Leviticus 26, 21. Let's go ahead and start, man. Then if you walk contrary to me, God's talking here, and are not willing to obey me, I will bring on you seven, seven times more plagues. Watch this now, according to your sins. Let's keep that in mind. Now we're talking about can a non-Christian go to heaven? Here's something that I was taught. Here's something that I was taught a lot growing up is because of the sin of Adam, everyone is damned to hell because of the sin of Adam, because of Adam's sin, right? Everybody um, is just doomed to go to hell because, because of Adam, which can't be true. Oh man, we just started and already unpopular opinion. Well, it's not really an opinion. I think I got scriptures that corroborate this. Now that can't be true. Cause listen to me, if that's the case, how in the world did, how in the world is Abraham? What's up? What about Abraham's bosom? And who, and what, what, what determined who, who, who got into Abraham's bosom? And people believe that, you know, well, he believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's true. That's, that's really, that is the truth. But I mean, if the sin of Adam just, just damned us all, damned them all, then how come he's not in the judgment side that Lazarus was in? Uh, excuse me, not Lazarus, but the rich man was in. Lazarus is with um, Abraham on the paradise side, in paradise. Well, why isn't, why aren't they in the judgment side if everybody's just doomed automatically and uh, you're just going to go to this place? Man, I tell you what, man, I just started. We're only, we're not even five minutes in and I'm already stepping on toes. Listen to me. What's my commitment to you? My commitment is always this. I'm going to come at you with scripture. I got a whole bunch of them. So let's keep reading, shall we? Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it because some people are already mad. Second Samuel 3.39. And I am weak today, though anointed king and these men, the sons of whoever that is, it's a hard name, are too harsh for me. That, that name is too harsh for me, y'all. The Lord shall repay the evildoer, watch this, according to Adam's wickedness. Oh, that's not what that says. The Lord shall reward, repay the evildoer according to his wickedness. Second Samuel 21, 21 through 29. Second Samuel 22, excuse me, 21 through 29. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanliness of my hands, he has recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. That's key. Underline or circle that in your mind. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also blameless before him. This is David talking here. Really, David? Blameless before him? All right, let's, let's keep reading. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. Oh, this is beautiful. Watch this now. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. You will save the humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty that you may bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord. The lamp, the Lord, excuse me, shall enlighten my darkness. 
Zechariah, excuse me there, 1, uh, verse 3 through 6 says, Therefore say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers to whom the, fa the former prophets preached, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not hear nor heed me, says the Lord. Your fathers were they, your fathers, where, where are they? <laughs> where they go and the prophets do they live forever yet surely my words and my statutes which i commanded my servants the prophets did they not overtake your fathers he's saying my words and my statutes didn't they win in the end so they returned and said just as the lord of hosts determined to do to us according to our ways and according to our deeds so he has dealt with us. Let's keep going. I got to give you so many verses on this one, man. This is going to be bar heavy. This is going to be verses heavy, man. I'm treating this uh, with these scriptures, man. I'm treating it like an Eminem track, man. I'm giving you bars, man. I'm talking about, you're going to have to look up the dictionary on some things, man. Y'all ever heard Eminem? Don't act like you've been saved all your life now. You ever listen to Eminem when he was rapping, man? I'm telling you what, the man's a lyricist. He's a lyricist, lyricist, man. He's got all these lyrics and things. That's how I'm going to do with you with scripture. I'm going to hit you up so many scriptures. You're going to be like, man, what? I missed something. Let me go back. Matter of fact, I challenge you to listen to this one and I challenge you to listen to it more than once. And I challenge you also to share it with someone because we're going to talk about some things that are going to be high opening. For those of you who didn't understand what I said, I meant eye opening. But anyway, let's keep going. Ezekiel 24, 13 through 14. In your filthiness is lewdness. Because I have cleansed you and you were not cleansed. You, were, you will not be cleansed of your filthiness anymore till I have caused my fury to rest upon you. I, the Lord, have spoken it. It shall come to pass. I will do it. I will not hold back, nor will I spare, nor will I relent. Watch this. According to your ways and according to your deeds. Watch this now. They will judge you. They will judge you, says the Lord. Somebody said, why are you getting excited about that? I know where I'm going with this. Second Chronicles 6, 21 through 23. I'm telling you, I'm going to just hit you up with verses, man. And may you hear the supplications of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. If anyone sins against his neighbor and is forced to take an oath and comes and takes an oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act. Then judge your servants, bringing retribution on the wicked. Watch this. How do you do that? by bringing his way on his own head and justifying the righteous by giving him according to his righteousness. I don't believe in this notion that because of Adam, every God, people, God's sending people to hell, which he doesn't, by the way, because of Adam. That's what it straights back to. It's because of Adam. That's why all the wickedness, that's why people just automatically, no, no, no. I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches. I'm positive for effect. I don't believe this is what the Bible teaches. I believe the Bible and the scriptures are replete with instances of God saying that I reward to every man according to his own work. I'm do, 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 do. Let's go to the New Testament, shall we? 2 Timothy 4, 14. This is Paul talking here. Alexander, the, the, carp, the coppersmith, did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. Matthew 16, 26 through 27. Let's hear from the big boss man himself, Jesus. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? 
Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the scriptures are replete. That's not even all. That's not even all the scriptures are talking about according to their works, according to their own righteousness, according to their own wickedness. But I, my, one of my favorites here is um, 2 Chronicles 6, uh, verse 22. It says, Your altar, uh, then hear from heaven and act and judge your servants, bring retribution to the wicked by bringing his way on his own head. His way, his conduct, his way of life, bring it on his own head and justifying the righteous by giving him according to his righteousness, if he lived a righteous way and in a righteous life. You know what? Let's look at something here. Let's look at Matthew 25, 31 through 46. It's a, it's a popular parable where the nations are rep represented. Matthew 25, 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another. As a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep on, the, on his right hand, the goats on the left. Then the king will say on the, to those on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father. Uh, keep that in your back pocket. Blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Oh man, this is beautiful. Then the righteous will answer saying, Lord, uh, when do we see you hungry and, and we fed you? Or thirsty and gave you drink? Uh, when did we see you a stranger and, we, and, and take you in? Or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison? And come to you. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Not prepared for man. That was not the original intent. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you in, this, in these conditions? And he says, surely I say to you, in so much as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away and do everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. You notice he says the righteous will go into eternal life. Uh, this is mirrored again in Revelation. Revelation 20, 11 through 15, I believe is another angle and another viewing of this very judgment day. Then I saw a great white throne and he who sat on it from who, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. Watch this now. And the books, plural, were open. And another book, singular, was open, which is the book of life. So there are books that were open. And then there is the book that's open, called the book of life. And the dead were judged, watch this now, according to their works, by the things which were written in the books, plural. The sea gave up the dead that were in them. What a beautiful, powerful sight this is. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one, here it comes again, according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found in the book of life 
was cast into the lake of fire. Now, listen to me. Why were what determined whether or not they were in this book? They were in the book of life. Well, it determined it, it, it meant uh, whether or not they had been written in the books. It kind of reminds me of what we just read in Matthew. He's looking in these books. They're looking in these books and they say, I see right here that that you that you saw me naked and you, you clothed me. Ah, what a beautiful thing. You showed mercy. You showed grace because really the tr- true Christianity is not so much about a, 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 a piety to God, but about a love for man. Oh, Jesus said, you don't know you're my disciples indeed, because you can quote as a bunch of scriptures. They'll know you're my disciples indeed because you're really good at making arguments. They'll know you're my disciples indeed because, well, I'm not going to go there. He said, they'll know that you're my disciples indeed because you love one another. It's about how we treat one another. Uh, Let me move on, man. Let me me keep going here. But I believe here, here's what I want to say, because some people believe that Matthew 25, 31 is talking about us who are born again. So they say, you know, you better help the naked. You better help those who are poor. You better visit people in prison or, you know, next thing you know, you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. Now, listen to me. I believe that it's true and it's good and it's right to do all that, to clothe the naked, to visit. I've gone to prison. I've, I've gone and, and gone, I've gone to prison. That's funny. It's like, what did you do, Reverend Elijah? No, 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 man. No, I went and visited some people in prison before uh, a couple of times, man. I, we even went to um, solitary confinement and we preached, man. We preached the, the word of God. We, we prayed over people, laid hands on people. We had the whole shebang, man. I'll never forget it, man. I'm telling you right now, we were in that prison and we were in the prison and a couple of days prior to us getting there an inmate had killed another inmate in the same room we were chilling in it was pretty intense but anyway i've I've visited people in prison i've done that so i'm for that 100 but i don't believe that that oh i do not believe that matthew 25 31 is talking about us i don't believe revelation 20 11 through 15 is talking about us Here's what I don't believe that that's where we are. Uh, let me let me if you go in, you're in Revelation 20, right? Look at verse four. This is the New Living Translation. Now, then I saw the thrones and the people sitting on them who had been given the authority to judge. People who are sitting on these thrones have been given the authority to judge. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that that's you and me. We are not the ones who the sea and the dead and Hades gives up. And, and then you look in the book and you see whether or not your name's written in that book. I don't believe that that's us, ladies and gentlemen. I believe that we're the ones on the thrones with him judging. Ooh, I'm sorry, y'all. I don't know why I'm in that singing bag. I, I need to work on it is what I need to do, y'all. Put some auto tune on that, Frankie. Now listen to me. Then I saw the thrones and the people sitting on them had been given the the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshiped the beast or his stat or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their heads. And they all came to live again and they reigned with Christ a thousand years. I believe that we are included in that number because of the great taking away of the church that will take place the, tri- the, the before the tribulation. Amen. Glory to God. Before the tribulation is the rapture of the church. And yes, I believe that with all of my heart now. And we'll talk about that in depth on the podcast at some point. First Corinthians six, one through three. Let's talk about this. Let's establish this point that I don't believe that he's talking about us with the sheep and goats. I don't believe that that would include me and you in that particular context, because once again, I don't believe that we are the ones who will be judged in that with the sheep and goats. But we will be the ones sitting on the thrones with him judging. 
We will have these books that we look in and we look at these people's deeds. And no, let me no spoilers. First Corinthians six, one through three. I know some of y'all are upset with me. Can you hang on there? I'm telling you what, we're only 19 minutes in and we're only scratched the surface. This one's going to be a long one. All right. It's going to be a long one, Steph. First Corinthians six, one through three. When any of you has a legal dispute with another, does he dare go to court before the unrighteous rather than before the saints? Or do you not know, watch this, that the saints will judge the world? That's what I, that's what I believe we're doing in Revelation. That's what I believe we will be doing with Jesus in Matthew 25, 31. Well, we're not being judged on that day. You know why? Because Jesus was already judged in our place. So mercy's triumphant over judgment. So we have great boldness in the day of judgment because he's already taken it for us. So that's not us. He's talking about with the sheep and goats. He told them to go into eternal life, but Jesus revealed to us in John three, in the last verse of John chapter three, that we already have eternal life. The apostle John revealed that unto us when we were born again, that we already have eternal life. The sheep are going to get eternal life on that day. But those of us who are born again, we already have it. <laughs> You'll judge the world. And if the world is to be judged by you, are you not content? Are you, excuse me, are you not competent to, to settle trial suits? <laughs> Do you not know that we will judge angels? He goes on to say, we'll judge the world and we'll judge angels. My goodness, that's a beautiful thing. What a revolutionary thought that one day we will judge the world and we will judge angels. Oh man, wow. This is why he said, judge not. This is one of the reasons why. And let me say something else that's pretty bold here. Uh, you don't love people because you want God to hear your prayers. A positive for effect. You don't love people because God won't love me if I don't love people. That's insane. Have you not read John three sixteen? That's insane. You don't forgive so that God can forgive you. Uh-oh. Elijah, isn't that what the Bible says? Yeah, but that was before Jesus. Uh, you got to separate the dispensations. You got to understand what time you're living in. This is before Jesus did what he did. You got to remember who Jesus was preaching to. Jesus wasn't preaching to you. There, oh, there's good things you can, you can get for, from it. And you can glean from it. He wasn't preaching to you. He was preaching to a bunch of people who were, who were concerned and who had their thoughts in the law and the prophets. So he preached to them. He preached what was relevant to them and what would apply to them. Let me show you something. You don't forgive anymore so God can forgive you. You forgive one another. Watch this now. Even as God. Woo! For Christ's sake. Come on now has already forgiven you. You're not forgiving people so you can get forgiven. You're forgiving people because you have a revelation that you've already been forgiven. Woo! That's good stuff right there. We ain't even got to point number one. Here we go. Point number one. What does God require? That's the question mark. And we're talking about going in. We're talking about going to heaven. Now, I'm, I'm going to be straight up. We're talking about going to heaven. Some of y'all ain't going to like this podcast. But once again, I'm going to hit you up with scripture on scripture on scripture. You understand, Smees? All right. Malachi. No, not Malachi. I want you to go to Micah. Micah 6, 6 through 8. Shout out to Micah Herbert, by the way. The Know Him podcast is the most listened to podcast of Greater Than Podcast history. 
It really is. It just passed uh, Perry and Mary Hart. God won't waste your valley. Isn't that a beautiful thing, man? Shout out to Pastor Micah, man. Love Pastor Micah Herbert. Taney Love Church. Shout out. All right. Micah 6, 6 through 8. What, what shall I come, excuse me, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come with him with burnt offerings? That's what they were doing in the old covenant. They were burning offerings, burning incense, trying to appease God. They were thinking of God as this big, huge being who's, who's sitting high and looking low. He's got a floss water. And if you ever go the wrong way, swat. Man, Frankie, I hope you put that flash water sound in there, bro. I'm telling you, this one's going to be sound effect heavy. Man, let's do that one more time. You, people they believe and they're looking at God and they see him and they think he's this big old God. And I can hear the fly buzzing right now. They believe that, he, that he's this big old God who's just got that flash water. And if you ever miss it, if you ever do something you ought not to do, swat. That's how they saw God. So we have to burn these sacrifices in order to appease God to make sure that he doesn't, you know, he, we, we try not to go off the deep end. Shout out to Lecrae. We're trying to make sure God doesn't go off on the deep end on us. So we're just going to do all these things so we can appease God and make sure that he's good with us, man. <laughs> So what does he require? Does he want these burnt offerings uh, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil? Oil is the type of the Holy Spirit. So he'd be, he'd be pleased with that, right? Uh, shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? Uh-oh, there's a little Easter egg right there. If you caught it, you caught it. The fruit of my body for the sin of my soul, he has shown you. Ooh, this is powerful. He has shown you, oh man, what is good. Remember what um the rich young ruler said to Jesus? What, what was he asking Jesus about? He said, teacher, what good thing? He said, good. What good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? What did Jesus say? Well, um, man, I tell you what, bro, if you will just hang on for uh, what, what's the, uh, how many years have we been in? How many, how, how many years have I been in ministry, John? And John says, I think you've been in ministry two and a half years. So, okay. So if you'll just wait until about Give me a few months here. I'm going to go to the cross and then um, you can have eternal life when that when I do that. OK, so just hold. That's not what Jesus said. What good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? What did Jesus point him to? He said, well, you know, the law, you know, the prophets. I'm quoting scripture, ladies and gentlemen, you know, the law, you know, the prophets. Oh, man, let me keep reading. I'm getting in trouble. What what does the Lord require of you? Here, here it is. To do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. When he says to do justly, it means to act or to speak and to strive to think fairly and honestly towards all men. Uh, Psalms 82, uh, three through four says, defend the poor and fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and needy, deliver the poor and needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. He said to love mercy, love mercy. That it has to do with the poor because the poor are objects to show God's mercy to. Remember what he said to those people in that on that great day in Matthew where he's separating the sheep and the goats. He said to them, I was poor. Right. And then he says in, in Deuteronomy 40, uh, excuse me, 24, uh, 10 through 13, when you lend your, to your brother anything, you shall not go into his house to get his pledge. You shall stand outside and the man to whom you lend shall bring the pledge out to you. Don't come barging into his house, acting like you're this big shot saying, where's my money? Give the man his dignity. 
Let the man have his dignity. Let him come out to you. You don't go into him. And if the man is poor, you shall not keep the, the, his pledge overnight. You shall in any case return the pledge to him again when the sun goes down that he may sleep in his own garment and bless you. And watch this. Watch this now. Here's why I brought this verse out. And it shall be righteousness to you before the Lord your God. How you treat the poor will be righteousness to you before the Lord your God. This is what God requires, ladies and gentlemen. Don't add anything to it. Don't take anything away from it. This is what God requires. Like I said, I know some people are probably mad at me. Stay with me. All right. Stay with me. I'm giving you verses. I'm giving you context. Stay with me. All right. Okay. We're good. Stay with me. He said to, to show mercy to, to the poor. We're talking about how we're talking about can a non-Christian go to heaven and what can a non-Christian do to go to heaven? Well, what does the Lord require? What does he require? What's the requirements? There were books that were open and what was in the books determined whether or not their name was written in the book. And what? Oh, man, let's keep going. Luke 16, 19 through 31. There was a rich man who was dressed. This is the NIV in purple and fine linen lived in luxury. He lived in luxury, excuse me, every day at his gate. There laid a, a beggar, a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died. Watch this and was buried. Oh, this is good. This is powerful, man. Ooh. In Hades, we talked about this in the Prison Break podcast. Shout out to the Prison Break podcast, man. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus at his side. So he cried and he said, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in cold uh, in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you're in agony. And besides all this between us is that great chasm. Ooh, I get excited because I remember the prison break podcast we did has been set in place so that those who want to go from here, uh, you cannot, nor can anyone cross from there to us. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, watch this. Watch what Abraham said. Watch what Abraham said. Abraham replied, well, maybe Jesus will be dead by that time and raised from the dead. And so um, let, let's just hang on and we'll do. No, that's not what he said. What did he say? He says they have the law. Mm. They have Moses and the prophets. They have the Torah. They have the Torah. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said unto them, he said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone is raised from the dead. He said to, to be, to show mercy, to love mercy. The poor are our objects that we can show God's mercy to. And did the rich man do that to Lazarus? No, he did not. He did not show the mercy. He lived in luxury. He lived it with this luxurious lifestyle. He lived a life of, of, of excess. And that excess is supposed to be our ministry. We're not supposed to just use that on ourselves but he used it on himself. And then by the end of the day, he realized that he in, in, in Hades, he lifted up his eyes. Why? I was I was naked and you didn't clothe me. Do you see it? Come on now. 
I'm telling you, there's some revolutionary stuff here if we get a hold of it. Can a non-Christian go to heaven? Number three, he said, walk humbly. Walk humbly, that literally means active obedience towards God. Matthew 23, 23 says, woe to you, you Pharisees and hypocrites. You pay tithe of mint and of cumin and you've uh, neglected the weightier matters of the law. He said, this is the weightier matters of the law. Here's the weightier matter. Justice, mercy, and faith. Doesn't that sound like what we just read in Micah? What does the Lord require? He said, that's the, that's the way to your thing. You're totally, you're caught up in, in, in tithing this, of everything, this mint and this cumin. That's good. You should tithe, but don't you neglect the way to your thing. Love, justice, mercy, and faith. Don't neglect this. You ought to, you ought to tithe, but don't leave the rest undone. You know, the Bible talks about a servant who was forgiven of a enormous debt. And he had somebody who in comparison had basically like a $20 debt when this guy owed like millions of dollars. But then he grabs the dude by the throat and chokes him out and says, listen, I want my money. And then the word gets back to the king that this man is not being kind. He's not being gracious to this debtor. And he had that man brought back to prison, throws him out of the kingdom, throws him into the place of torment where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why did he do that? Did he blaspheme the king? The king is a type of God. Did he blaspheme God? No, I mean, he was buthering up the king, for lack of a better term, man. He was letting the king know, listen, I will I will pay you back. I'll do what I can. Please, please, please. He was doing what he could. He, I mean, he was, for all accounts, he was, he was really nice to the king. But watch this. He wasn't nice to his fellow man. And the Lord rewarded him according to his own wickedness. Man, let's keep going, man. I ain't going to fool with y'all. Second Samuel 22, 26 through 29, with the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. All right. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you'll show yourself pure. With the devious, you'll show yourself shrewd. You will save the humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty that you may bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness. Now look at what Jesus said here in Matthew 5. I know we're 33 minutes in, but strap in. Here we go. We're about to accelerate. Matthew 5, 43 through 48 says, you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be the sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and send rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Man, I feel, this is kind of like an ouch because Matthew is the one who records this and Matthew himself was a tax collector. I kind of find that funny. But anyway, an ironic uh, do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. Now, notice once again, religion and re- religiosity has come in to add things and take things away from Scripture. How did Jesus say we were going to be perfect as our father was perfect? We're going to love those who don't love us. We're going to pray for those who persecute us. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how you're perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. Now, point number two is we dig on in now. Here we go. Point number two, a law unto themselves, a law unto themselves. Romans two, five through 16. Here we go. I'm not wasting any time. Here we go. But in accordance with your hardness and your impatient heart, 
You are treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and a revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Notice it's a righteous judgment. That's why I don't believe that just automatically because of Adam, everybody automatically gets sent and has the same degree of this punishment because of Adam. I believe that God rewards each man according to their works. <clears throat> and when I say, can a non-Christian go to heaven? Why don't you think about this? Because I know some of y'all pissed off by that. But let me, why don't you think about this? Let's talk about a person who's never heard of God, who's never heard of Jesus. Let's do this. What about the people who have heard about God and heard about Jesus, but it was misrepresented? Like my people, if we go back to how this thing, how this, let me go back to the thing, man. You know that it was, it was, it was Baptist people who promoted slavery. Uh oh, whoops. Oh, shoot, do, 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 do. You do realize that, right? It, it, it was the religious people who got my ancestors on the boat, sent them here, who were raping, who were raping my, my, my people who, where I come from, from them, raping them, hanging them from a tree, quoting uh, Galatians 3.13, curses every man that hangs from a tree, raping them, and the little kids, the little African kids who were royalty beforehand, but the little kids who see this happening, they see their father or their mother being raped or, 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 or mutilated or, or hanging from a tree, and then the, 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 this, this, this Caucasian white male or female comes up to him and says, you know, that's because, and I'm just going to speak candid here, man. We might as well while we're here. And that's because it's just, you, just because you're a nigger. That's why this is happening. You have no worth. You have no value. God loves you. God doesn't, excuse me. God loves us. God doesn't love you. Come on now. You, you don't even have any right to do. You don't even have any right to, to know who Jesus is. You don't have any right to go to church. Why don't you just, you know, you're, you're not worth a hill of beans. Matter of fact, you're going to bust hell wide open because of your color. Have you not heard of ham? These are the things that my ancestors were told that turned them off. Some of them were turned off to the things of God because of it. Now, some of them were smart enough to run to God, but some of them were turned off to the things of God. So you mean to tell me that the white person, and once again, it's not about race. I'm just, I'm just painting the vivid picture. So you're telling me that, that the white person who hangs my, my ancestors from the tree reading Galatians 3.13, mis misapplying the word of God, being blasphemous to the spirit of grace. You mean to tell me, but goes to church every Sunday. You mean to tell me that that person who, who, who did that, who did that deed, that you telling me my ancestor who hung, who's hanging from the tree, who was murdered, you're telling me he went to hell, but that person who did the deed, who murdered, who did something that was wrong, but goes to church every Sunday, they go to heaven? I don't believe that's fair. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe God rewards every man according to their works. And ladies and gentlemen, this is how God can be fair across the board. Let's get into this thing, man. Romans 2, 5 through 16. But in accordance with your hardness and your, of your heart, you're treasuring up wrath in the day of wrath and the revelation of righteousness and the judgment of God, who will render to each one According to his deeds, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good, by patient continuance in doing what? Good. What did he say in, in Malachi? It's not Malachi. What did he say in Micah? I meant to say, what did he say there in Micah? Oh, I've shown you, oh man, what is good. And he's saying here, but in, in by this long continuance, we're not saying a couple of isolated 
isolated cases here and there because we had the holiday season and Christmas. You did a couple of good things. No, this is by long continuance, patient continuance and doing good. What are they seeking for when they do this? They're looking for glory, honor and watch this immortality, eternal life. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish is what they're treasuring up. And that's what they'll get on every soul of man who does evil to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But glory, honor and peace to everyone who works. What is here it is again. Good. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. For as many as have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. As many have sinned without having a revelation of what the Torah says. Let's talk about people who've never heard the, uh, the, the word of God. Who, Or like I said in the illustration that I said, the vivid illustration that I just did. The people who may have been around the things of God, like my ancestors from years and years and years and years and years ago, who are around the things of God, but were taken as captives and slaves and the things of God were twisted. And we see this all throughout the generations. We see this all throughout time and history. We see it all throughout what people have done. How many, how many people have been murdered in the name of God? How many people have been um, raped and pillaged in the name of God? And then that make a generation not trust and love God anymore because God has been misrepresented to them. But on the inside of them, they still are seeking glory. Mm. They, they don't, they don't, they don't really know about God because it was misrepresented. So they stay away from that, but they have a compassionate heart towards their fellow man. There's this thing in them that wants to continuously do good. And they yield to that thing. What is that thing? Let's keep reading the verses. He says to the Jew first, but also to the Greek gods, no, there's no partiality with God. Uh, for those without the law have sinned. The law who sin in the law will be judged by the law. If you sin uh, w without the law, you're going to perish on that judgment day without the law. How's that fair? You didn't know the law. Well, let me keep reading. Then he goes on to say that those who sinned in the law or they had knowledge of the law, the law of Moses, the Torah, who sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God. Watch this. But the doers of the law will be justified. It's the doers that are justified. Justified when in the day of judgment is what he's talking about. That's the context. You cannot change. You cannot alter it. You can't do anything to it. He's saying on that great judgment day, those who follow the law and patient, long, continuous, man, we're not talking about you did a couple of good things here and there, but you did this thing, man. You lived this way. He's saying that they'll be justified on that day for when Gentile for when the Gentiles watch this, who do not have the law. Oh, this is powerful. I'm gonna read this really slowly for when the Gentiles who have not the law by nature do the things in the law. These, although not having the law are a law to themselves who show the work of the law. Watch this written in their hearts. Watch this, their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves, their thoughts, watch what it does, accusing or excusing them. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. Come on, man. That's good preaching and good teaching. He's saying on that great judgment day, those who have not heard the law, those who have heard the law. Come on now. Those who live by the law, 
and who sinned in, but had knowledge of the law, but sinned in the law, they're going to perish with the, with the law. But those also who sinned without the law are also going to perish without the law. Now, how is that fair? They didn't have the law. They didn't know the law. They were, they, they had this, you know, like was, what's been taught and preached that because of this one man's sin, Adam, because of Adam's sin, you know, everybody's doomed to it. Right. So how is there even really their fault? We're talking about people who never even heard before. Let's talk about them. People who never even heard about the things of God before, or people who God was misrepresented to them so cruelly and so wrongly that they're turned off to those things. So they don't even give attention to what the word of God has to say. So how is God just in saying that they'll still perish even without the law? Because on the inside of every man, people preach that there's a sin nature. But God reveals to us through his servant, Paul, that also inside of every man, I do believe there is a nature to sin. There is that, that thing that wars within us. Paul talks about it in Romans 7. But I also believe that inside of every man is something else that God's given us. It's called a conscience. Now, it can be seared. It can be damaged. It can become callous, but everybody comes with one. You, every, every human being comes pre-installed with this thing called conscience. And if you follow your conscience, which is the voice of your spirit, and you're obedient to your conscience, the Bible says that on that great day, your own conscience, your own thoughts are going to take the witness stand. Woo! We're talking about people who, who um, live by the law of Moses. And then we're talking about people who don't live by the law of Moses, but they have that law inside of them by nature. <laughs> we're not talking about you and me who, who confess Jesus as Lord, because guess what? We already got grafted in. Hey, we're already in. We're already in the family. Come on here. That's good preaching and teaching, man. Come on now. So he's not talking about us. He's talking about those who live by the law of Moses, right? That's what they're. He, that's who he's writing to. He's talking. He's writing to people who who live by the law of Moses. He said, "Listen, hey, the, the Gentiles, though newsflash, they were doing things on the inside of them by by nature, following their conscience. And guess what? On that judgment day, their conscience is going to take the stand. That's what it literally said. Watch, 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 watch. Let me show it to you again." Their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves, their thoughts will be accusing if their if their thoughts and their deeds were wrong or excusing if their thoughts and their deeds were right in the day when God will judge the secrets of men. By Jesus Christ, according to my gospel, how did he start out by this? The righteous judgment of God is how he started out, who will render to each one according to his deeds. Eternal life is going to be given to those who by patient continuance and doing good, they're seeking for glory, honor, and immortality. But then there are those who are self-seeking. They'll have indignation, wrath, tribulation, and anguish. It sounds like what we read in Second Chronicles 6, I believe it was, that your own deeds coming back on your head, what you've done. This is talking about people who, who, who perish without the law, but they did it in their heart by nature, by following that conscience, which is the voice of your spirit. They're doing things that are written in the law and they're a law unto themselves. <laughs> Let me read that to you in the Weymouth New Translation of verse 15. Since they exhibit proof that a knowledge of the conduct which the law requires. Remember, we talked about what, what the law, what God required. What the law requires is engraved on their hearts while their conscience also bears witness to the law and their thoughts as in a mutual discussion, accuse them or perhaps maintain 
their innocence. A law unto themselves. When it says a law unto themselves, they say they do without the divine revelation of the word, the law or the Torah through that light, which God imparts to every man, the things that are contained in the law uh, to act according to justice, mercy, temperance and truth. That's what that literally means. A law to themselves means that they're doing without the law. They're doing without the Bible, what's written in the Bible. They don't have the Bible, but they listen to their conscience and they follow it. Oh, this applies so great and so well with those who've never heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What about them? Well, you know, Elijah, the Bible says the gospel is going to be preached throughout all the world. Then the end will come. Great. Awesome. What about the man who died two weeks before the missionary got there? Is he just damned to hell automatically? Is he just going to bust hell wide open automatically? Once again, to use the, the uh, analogy of, of, of us being like flies to God, which we are not. And God having the floss, the fly swatter and just ready to, to, to just whack. Huh? Is that what we're saying? Or would it make more sense for God to judge that person who's never heard, who never had any knowledge of anything? Wouldn't it make more sense for God to judge that person according to their own work and according to their own deeds? To let their conscience take the witness stand? Or and let me say it like this. To let their deeds and their conscience let it be recorded on books and what's in those books determine whether or not their name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. God's not looking to keep, keep people out of heaven, ladies and gentlemen. He's set up a thing. He set up some things. He set up where he gave everybody a conscience. That's what he talked to. That's what he said. That's what he said to Cain, right? He was talking to Cain. He was trying to help Cain. He said, listen, sin's at the door. What was talking to Cain? It was God. Yeah, but it was also, but how did God communicate with him? Well, through his spirit. Well, what's the voice of your spirit? Oh, your conscience. He was trying to save them. He was trying to keep them away from, from doing evil. You know, let's look at this thing, man. The Bible says it was written in their heart. The revealed law of God was written on tablets of stone and then recorded in the books of the Old Testament. The law the Gentiles did not possess, but they did to a certain extent. The same requirements were already written on their hearts. Let me show you an example of this with Abimelech in Genesis 20, 1 through 6. This is way before Moses and the law even comes into play. It says here in the New King James, and, and Abraham uh, journeyed to the south and dwelt in Kadesh and, and, and Seir. Man, I tell you, these names in the, in the, in the Old Testament, man, I, whew. Now, Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, you know, she's my sister. And Abimelech, the king said, oh, yo, you, that's your sister. You ain't married to her. <laughs> Shoot. He said, y'all grab honey real quick. And they got it, man. And But watch what happened in verse three. But God came to Abimelech in, in a dream. Abimelech's not a, he's, he doesn't have a covenant with God, but God's appearing to him. God's talking to him. God's working in the life of a Gentile. Hmm. Interesting. God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you've taken. She is a man's wife. Verse four. But Abimelech had not come near her. He hadn't done anything physically to her because there was something bothering him about it. This is the only reason why this guy hadn't tried to. Well, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? That's the only reason why there's something bothering him about this whole situation. But Abimelech had not come near. And he said, Lord, will you slay the righteous nation? Also, does that sound like what we read in Matthew about the nations? Come on now. Watch us now. Don't get bored on me now. This is powerful stuff. Wake up. This is good, man. What a revolutionary thought. I'm telling you what, I am challenging a lot of people's tradition on this one. 
Ooh. But Abimelech, he hadn't come near. And he said, will you slay the righteous nation also? But he said, man, did he not say to me that she's my sister? And she even she herself said that he's my brother. Watch this now. Watch this. And in the integrity of my own heart and ignorance of my hands and innocence of my hands, excuse me, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld you from sinning against me. Remember, he hadn't he hadn't done anything with her yet. Why? Because her, his conscience was saying something's not quite right here. And then God revealed to him what was going on. But without the covenant, there's no covenant that says you don't sleep with another man's wife. There, there's no excuse me. There's no law that says you don't sleep with another man's wife. Abimelech could have, you know what I'm saying? He could have read it. You know, whoa, he could have done it. And there, there was a, but there was an inward law. There was something in his conscience ah, <laughs> that wouldn't let him do it. And he followed it. He obeyed his conscience. Watch what God goes on to tell him. So I withheld you from sinning against me. He said, I spared you from treasuring up wrath against yourself because you listened to your conscience. Okay, let me prove that out. The NIV of the same uh, passage here, verse three, God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and he said, you are as good as dead because the woman you have taken, she's a married woman. Abimelech had not gone near her. He hadn't done anything physical to her. So he said, Lord, will you destroy the innocent nation? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, that wouldn't be fair. That wouldn't be just. God is the righteous judge. It would not be it would not be just. It would not be fair for God to just say, oh, OK, listen, you're going to bust hell wide open just because. Well, just because I'm mad at Adam, you know, I'm just mad at that dude. So therefore, now, don't get me wrong. What Adam did was a serious sin and sin entered in. Uh, there was a separation from God. But I tell you what never left, though, <laughs> even though sin was there, what never left, though, was the conscience. And if people would listen to their conscience and follow it, the Bible says that that, one would, that is either going to accuse or excuse you on that day. He says there is verse nine here in the NIV. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me. But because you are his wife, how could I do this? With, oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading. I'm reading something else. Hold up. <laughs> I got to go back to where I was. I got excited and moved ahead. That was Joseph, though. So we're going to get to Joseph. All right. Uh, Abimelech, though, let's get back to Abimelech. Did he not say to me that she's my sister? He said, I did this in the integrity of my heart. Watch what the NIV said. I have done this. Watch this now with a clear conscience and clean hands. God said, I kept you from sinning against me. How did God keep him from sinning against him? He, 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 he spoke to the man's spirit. He spoke to his conscience. This is a Gentile. This is this is a perfect example of what, of what um, um, Paul reveals in Romans. This is a perfect example of that. That he's doing without the law was going to be written years later in the law. He was a law unto himself. Why? Because he listened to his conscience. Because his conscience was telling him something was wrong, and he followed it. Now, if he would patiently continue to do that his whole life long, he could get to a place where he gets immortality, eternal life. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get mad at me. That's what Romans 2 says. I didn't write that. <laughs> now, let's talk about Joseph earlier. Joseph said when Potiphar's wife 
came up to him and he's and she's flaunting man she's got that good stuff she got the drip drip man she is beautiful she smells good uh joseph's looking good you know joseph looks good because rachel looks good his his mother the bible took out time to tell you that rachel was very very beautiful remember rachel and leah remember the bible says that leah um leah was very very nice she was nice <laughs> when the bible says you're a nice man that's a nice way of telling you that she was ugly some scholars actually believe that leah was cross-eyed man oh man some some hebrew scholars believe that that leah was actually cross-eyed but rachel was the mother of Joseph. Rachel, the Bible says, was very, very beautiful. So it stands to reason that Joseph looked like his mother. And I believe that's one of the reasons why his father was so attached to him, because he reminded him of his wife, because he looked like his, his, his mom. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, he loved Rachel. But anyway, if the Bible takes out time to tell you you're good looking. You're really, really good looking. Come on now. But anyway, he's good looking. Potiphar's wife's good looking. She's saying, listen, I'm trying to, I'm tr she's saying, listen, I'm trying to bang. I'm just speaking candid, y'all. <laughs> the kiddos may not even listen to this podcast. I'm speaking candid, man. She's saying, listen, I'm trying to, ba you want to get into an, an entanglement? Y'all remember the entanglement scandal? All right. If you know, you know. She said, listen, I'm trying to do this. And Joseph said, nope, I'm not going to do that. He said, how could I do this in verse nine of Genesis 39? How could I do this? and great wickedness and sin against God. Now, wait a minute. Now, this is years and years and years before Moses comes through with the Ten Commandments. But the law was already written in Joseph's heart. It was called, ladies and gentlemen, his conscience. And he followed it. And if Joseph continued to do that, which we saw that he did, as you follow his life, he did. He continued to always live by what his conscience said. He wanted to make sure he tested his brothers to see his, that his brothers had changed. And he tested his brothers with his, with, and to see his, his younger brother, Benjamin. And he had this long continuance of patience, of, of, being, of doing good, uh, of, of, of showing compassion to his fellow man. And the, Bible, and the Bible says, when you do that, you get eternal life. I'm not saying you have a couple of isolated instances. Well, listen, I was somebody's secret Santa this year. I must be going to heaven. No, honey child, the Bible says this is a long, patient continuance in doing good. I mean, you got to wake up in the morning doing good and go to bed that night doing good. Oh, by the way, you ever read in Romans, excuse me, in Acts 10, 38, about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good. <laughs> oh, I love the word of God, man. And healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Matthew 22, 31 through 40 says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and they had a lawyer. They had the lawyer, the fancy guy come up and said, listen, teacher, what's the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. The second is just like it. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Romans 13, 10 says love does no harm to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. The Bible also says in, in Genesis, uh, the Bible talks about with Noah, right? That he set up as long as the earth remained, there's going to be what? Seed, time and harvest. Well, Galatians 6, 8 through 10 in the NET says this. Do not be deceived. God will not be made a fool for a person will reap what he sows. Now we talk about this with, um, with money, but this is true in life in general. If you sow mercy, you get mercy, right? Because the person 
who sows to his own flesh will reap corruption from the flesh, but the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. For we must not grow weary. Watch this. Here it is again in doing good. <laughs> For in due time, we will reap if we don't give up. So then, as we have the opportunity, let's do good to all men, but especially to those who belong to the family of faith. This long continuance of good determines whether, determine whether or not people went to heaven. That's what it, that's what it determined, man. Jesus said, you're neglecting the weighty things, mercy, justice, and faith. Well, what did the Bible say about Abraham? He believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's how he ended up in the, in paradise, which was basically uh, heaven until, because heaven wasn't fit for men to, to go to. Uh, anyway, that's another podcast. Heaven wasn't quite fit yet. Jesus had to sprinkle his blood on the, on the heavenly utensils. <laughs> eee. So in the meantime, they were in paradise. They weren't in torment. They were reserved for heaven. They were reserved to go to heaven once Jesus came and did what he did. But what determined whether or not they got there? Long continuance in doing good. Long continuance in being patient. Long continuance in seeking for this glory and this honor. I'm, don't get mad at me, bro. That's what Romans 2 reveals. Man, point number three. Let's begin to wrap this up. We've been going a long time. Point number three, the new and living way. So wait a minute, Elijah. Hang on, Elijah. Time out. Are you preaching and teaching that there's another way to the Father? Because basically what you're saying is if a person has long continuance in doing good, then they go to heaven. That's what you're saying, right? Yes. So are you saying then that there's another way to the Father? No, I'm not. Let me say it. Let me, okay, let's get let's look at that verse because I know a lot of y'all are thinking about it. Here it is right here, John 14, 6. I'm the way, Jesus said, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Let me say this real quick. Jesus is the only way to the father, but he's not the only way to the judge. Let me say that one more time. Jesus is the only way to the father, but he's not the only way to the judge. Second Corinthians five ten says we must all appear in front of Christ's judgment seat. Then all people will receive what they deserve for the good or the evil they have done while living in their bodies. The Weymouth translation says it like this, where we must all appear before Christ's judgment seat in our true characters in order that each may then receive an, an award for his actions in this life in accordance with what he has done, whether it was good or whether it's worthless. But ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> For those of us who have received the free gift, we don't have to go before the judge. We live in the presence of a father because we've chosen to go through that that way. <laughs> Watch what he says here. Remember what we said in Matthew 25 and thir verse 34. The king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father. Notice he didn't. He did not say come blessed of your father. Why did he not say come blessed of your father? You know what I mean? Why didn't he say it like that? Because they didn't know God. They didn't know God. They didn't know God. I'm saying it again. They didn't know God. They said, Lord, when, 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 see, cause people think that, that he's talking to the, for those who think that he's talking to people who, who live by the word of God and who do all these things. How stupid would that be for us to go on that great judgment day and say, Oh Lord, when did we see you? You know, as we, as we nudge the person next to us and we're winking and we're saying, Lord, when do we see you naked or hungry? Ha ha ha. Come on, man, that can't be talking about us because we know that if we do that, that if people did that, 
whoever he was talking about there, their reward is eternal life. So how could he be talking about us? Because we knew that we had the cheat code. So how in the world is he talking about us there? He's not. He's talking about people who never heard, who don't know him, but who followed the inward conscience <laughs> and who patient had patient, long continuance. No, they didn't know anything about God. They grew up in another country. They grew up in a remote island. They never heard about God. But they were always nice and kind to their fellow man. If they heard about someone being raped or someone being hurt or someone being afflicted, they, had, they did everything in their power to help. They did that in long continuance. They never violated their conscience. They always had patient, long continuance. And he said, come, you blessed of my father. They didn't know. They said, when did we see this? We didn't know that. I didn't know that you were naked. Who, like, I'm, we're, just, we're just getting to see you. We're just getting to know you. What are you talking about? And he said, if you've done it to them, you've done it to me. Why? Because on that hangs all the law and the prophets. In other words, this is what God has required all along, is that man would not just have a piety towards God, but would exercise in an unfailing love towards their fellow man. This is what God requires, that you love one another. Ladies and gentlemen, to add anything else to that is unfaithful to the scriptures. And I refuse to be unfaithful to the scriptures. Now, listen to me now. Elijah, you're, 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 you're really laying it on thick here now. You're, you're laying it on Robin Thick. What's going on out here? Now listen to me, Matthew 7, 12 through 14 says this, therefore, whatever you want man to do to you, men to do to you, do also to them for this is the law and the prophets. Now watch what he continues to say. People stop there, but keep reading. Enter by the narrow gate. Now people have always said, there, see Elijah, Jesus, that's the narrow gate. Jesus is the narrow gate. That's not what the context reveals. Keep it in context, ladies and gentlemen. Let's read it. Let's read the first verse again. Verse 12. I hope you guys are staying with me now. Telling you, this is some revolutionary stuff if you stay with us. We're almost done. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this, doing unto others that you have them do unto you. This is the law and the prophets. He's saying this sums it up. Then he continues the thought. Enter by the narrow gate. <laughs> For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who will find it. Ladies and gentlemen, the narrow gate is treating others the way you would want that you, you would want to be treated. That's the narrow gate. The narrow gate is having this long continuance. What does God require? That you do, that you love mercy, that you do justly, that you walk humbly. That is the narrow gate. Come on now. Jesus is not that narrow gate. He's saying, do unto others as you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. Then he goes on to say, enter by the narrow gate. He's preaching to people before he goes and he and becomes the substitute. Elijah, I can't, I can't stomach this, man. You're saying that, that you're preaching a new way to God. You're preaching this different alternate way to God. How dare you, man? You're blasphemous. How dare you add to the scriptures like this? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not preaching a, a, a new way to God. Actually, on, to the, on the contrary. I'm not preaching that this is a new way to God. <laughs> Actually, on the contrary. You're preaching that there's a new way to God other than Jesus, Elijah. That's blasphemous. I'm not doing that. Actually, on the contrary, here's what I, here's the, here's the twist. 
here's the twist right here. I'm actually preaching and teaching that Jesus is the new way. Come on, man. I'm actually preaching and teaching and teaching. I'm so excited. I couldn't talk there that Jesus is the new way. The old way was you'd had to have this long continuance in doing good. You had to make sure you, you woke up doing good and you went to bed doing good. But I'm telling you, there's a new and living way. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 19 through 20, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holies of holies by the blood of Jesus. Watch this. By a new and living way, <laughs> which he has consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say his flesh. We won't be judged on that day with the nations because we have gone through the new way. We found the new way. No, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not preaching a new alternate way to God. On the contrary, I'm preaching that Jesus is the new way to God. You know, I'm reminded of the parable and we'll wrap it up with this. I'm reminded of the parable that Jesus talks about where the servants were going out. Let me read it to you really quick. We're almost done, man. If you stay this long, then you can stay a little bit longer. Matthew 20, 1 through 16. And I dare you to listen back to this because there's some deep things revealed here. Matthew 11, 1 through 16. This will help you understand the way that the, kingdom's heaven, the kingdom of heaven operates. <clears throat> Passion translation. There was a wealthy man who went out on a day break to hire all the laborers he could find to work in his vineyard. After agreeing to pay them the standard day's wages, he put them to work. Then at nine o'clock, he was passing through the town square. He found others. Oh, man. He found others standing around without work. He told them, come and work for, my, for me in my vineyard, and I'll pay you a fair wage. So they went off, and they just joined themselves to the others. He did the same at noon, and did it again at three, making the same agreement as he did with the others, hoping to finish his harvest that day. He went to the town square again at five o'clock and found more who were idle. So he said to them, why have you been here all day without work? Because no one is hired as they answered. So he said to them, then go and join my crew and work in my vineyard. Then if we skip on down here, he gives them all the same pay. The ones that, that agreed to a standard. Let's say they agreed to a certain law. They agreed to follow a, a certain law. And that's how they were doing things. And when they realized what had happened, they were offended and complained to the landowner saying, you're treating us unfairly. Said they worked for only one hour while we've slaved and we sweated all day under the scorching sun and you've made them equals to us. The landowner replied and he said, friends, I'm not being unfair. I'm doing exactly what I said. Watch this. Didn't you agree to work for the standard wage? <laughs> if I want to give those who have only worked for an hour equal pay, equal pay, what does that matter to you? Don't I have the right to do what I want to with what is mine? Why should, come on now, why should my generosity make you jealous of them? Watch what Jesus says. Now you can understand what I meant when I said that the first will end up being last and the last will end up being first. Everyone is invited, but few are chosen. Ladies and gentlemen, there was an agreement that was made with man. It was called the law and the prophets. And if you lived by that law, you made it in. You, you got the standard pay. And what's the standard pay? Well, what were people ser searching for? What was that loan continuance for? They were seeking for eternal life. That was the pay that they were looking for. But ladies and gentlemen, I I'll tell you this. One day that same owner came out to us who were far off. And he said to him, hey, why don't you work in my vineyard? <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, some came in the middle of the day. Some came later. Some came uh, at three 
but some came at the end of the day and only worked for an hour. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that's me and you. We came at the end of the day. There was only an hour left, man, because we're in the last of the last days. There was only about a lot, an hour left, and we came in, and we got the same pay. We get to be in eternity with Jesus because we simply believed what he said. He said, I'll pay you what's fair if you'll come and work with me. And we said, we believe that, and so we'll do it. Ladies and gentlemen, through faith, we get what other men hope to get according to their works. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't preach, and I didn't say here that God rewards every man for their works. That's blasphemous. You cannot work for salvation. I did not say that God rewards every man for his works. The Bible teaches and reveals that God rewards every man according to his works. Can a non-Christian go to heaven? It's possible, but it's a very, very straight gate. <laughs> man, I tell you what, man, you got to do unto others that you have them do unto you. You got to have this long continuous in doing good. You have to work. You have to work on the scorching sun like those people did who agreed to a standard pay. See, the, the standard pay wasn't undone because he made a new agreement with the people who worked an hour. <laughs> the law and the prophets are not undone, man. Jesus came and fulfilled it. Yeah, but not everybody's received it. So they can still try to work that way if they want to. But ladies and gentlemen, why break your back for something that's already been done that you can simply believe that you received because of a revelation of Jesus? And he will reward you not according to your work, <laughs> but according to Jesus' work. <laughs> Now, don't get me wrong. You'll have rewards for the good things you do in life in serving and being a part of your community and doing what God tells you to do. But I'm talking about an ultimate reward. Ladies and gentlemen, we already have it. If you were born again and if you're not, all you got to do simply say is, Lord, save me. I believe you died on the cross and I received Jesus as Lord of my life. And as you help me, I'll follow you in Jesus name. Amen. It's that simple. And if you pray that prayer, man, you're grafted in. You're born again. Ladies and gentlemen, you won't have to stand on that judgment day with sweat on the back of your leg, hoping and praying that you did enough good things to offset the judgment for God to reward you according to your deeds. But ladies and gentlemen, you'll be have great boldness on that day for you'll judge the world. <laughs> you'll judge the world because you've received of Jesus. Am I preaching a new way to God? Absolutely not. Other than Jesus. Absolutely not. On the contrary. I'm preaching and I'm teaching that Jesus himself is the new and living way. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for this podcast. I thank you for those who stuck it out, who are still here listening to me pray and listening to this podcast. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing in this podcast and what you're doing in this new year. We give this new year to you and we say it'll be crowned with your goodness. You're bringing us up. You're lifting us up to where we belong. You're playing our feet on higher ground. And we give you praise for that in Jesus name. And Father, I pray that this podcast encouraged provoked and inspired people to study the word of God for themselves, to find out why are we believing what we are believing and what backs up what we believe. And I thank you father for that in Jesus name. Amen. Hey guys, I love you so much. Leave a like, leave a review, a, a rating, a comment. Don't forget about the Chick-fil-A giveaway cards, man. If you want to enter to win, here's what you do. Four things, leave a like, leave a rating, uh, leave a review. Did I say that right? Leave a <laughs> Leave a rating, leave a review, screenshot that, and email it to us at info at merleministries.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Hey, guys, I love you so much. My name is Elijah Merle. And don't ever forget this as we enter into 2021. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. 
If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at murrellministries.com. That's M-U-R-R-E-L-L ministries.com. Merle Ministries International.